I don't know if you know it or not, but that song is known to be the first song that was ever broadcasted over AM radio in 1906. Reginald Fessenden, a professor, chemist, he, in fact, he was the chief chemist for Thomas Edison, an inventor, made a generator uh, that boosted a transmitter, and he plugged a microphone in it to broadcast on the coast of Massachusetts to ships out at sea. And on Christmas Eve of 1906, he started to read the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. And after he got done reading the Christmas story, he picked up his violin and he played O Holy Night over the airwaves for the first time. Well, it's good to have all of you here for this opening week of our Christmas series entitled Carols. And over the Christmas season, we're going to be taking a look at four different carols and just comment on them and how they relate to Scripture. And uh, today we talk about O Holy Night. What's interesting, though, is this song was written five decades before it was broadcasted in 1906. In the mid-1800s, a, a priest from a small town in France went to the town's poet, and he was more known for his poetry than he was for his church attendance. Placide Capo. And this priest asked Placide to, to construct a poem to be read at the Christmas Mass. Mr. Capo read the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2, and he imagined himself there at the birth, which inspired him to write the words to this poem. When he completed it, he realized this was too good. The writing was too good just to be a poem. So he asked his best friend, who was a music composer, Adolphe uh, Charles Adams, to write music to accompany it. Adolphe was from a Jewish background. So here he was to write a song to celebrate a holiday he didn't even observe as well as a man whom he did not believe was the Son of God. So he constructed the music, presented it to the priest and the poet, and three weeks later, they played it for the Christmas Mass. And instantly, the, the popularity of the song just spread through the Catholic Church and to other dominations. Two years later, word caught on who wrote it. And how he had abandoned the church and joined the Socialist Party. And that the music was written by not even a Christian. And the Catholic Church banned the song from being played. But it was so popular that it just kept playing in other places. Two decades 
after it was abandoned in France, people still sung it at home. Now, there's a legend behind this song. Actually, 150 years ago, 1871, during the fierce battle between the Germans and the French, during the Franco-Persian War, on Christmas Eve, during the fierce fighting, one of the Frenchmen came out from his trench, unarmed, hands at his side, and started singing at the top of his lungs, O Holy Night. The fighting stopped. When he got done finishing all three stanzas, a German infantryman stood up and started to sing a hymn by Martin Luther entitled, From Heaven Above I Came. And for 24 hours, there was a ceasefire for both armies to observe Christmas. Kind of interesting facts between O Holy Night. But what I want to focus in is there's a phrase to me that really is for today. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. If there were ever two words that can describe the world we're living in today, it's a weary world. Every third person I talk to, there's either a family crisis or an illness. There's so much anxiety there is an over-depression, I, I believe, among the land. We, we hear of a new variant coming out of South Africa. It, it, it's non-ending. In fact, in our group huddle this morning, Pastor Matt talked about a, a new word, skimp. Skimp. Skimpflation. Skimpflation. How many of you know you don't go and buy a half gallon of ice cream anymore? It's only two quarts. The other Friday night, my wife and I got done eating dinner, and then we went to Brandon Court to look at the Christmas lights. Over here, off of Amy Drive, Brandon Court, the lights are spectacular. And then I said, come on, let's go to Starbucks. We go out to Route 9. On a Friday night at 6.30, Starbucks is closed. You see these stores posting signs, Please be patient with us. We don't have the help. It's going to take longer to serve you. And I don't know about you, but the toilet paper is, is, is the size of, of I mean, it, it's like the adding machine paper that we used to put in the machines. It just gets smaller and smaller that the roll, you know, in the bathroom, you know, there's like this much extra on the roll and then the toilet paper. Skimpflation. We are in a weary world. But what I so love about the lyrics of this song is that there is a thrill of hope. Think about the chaos of that first night when Mary and Joseph made it into Bethlehem. 
the chaos that they could no find a room for the inn was full. And Joseph takes his bride in to the back to this probably a little cave where animals are kept. Now, if you know the history, everyone had to report to their hometown. David had to go to Bethlehem because he was from the house. Uh, Joseph had to go to Bethlehem. Mary was from the line of Bethlehem. It's, it's almost a known fact that Joseph's father and Mary's father both would have been in Bethlehem at that time. Think about that. If you knew your daughter was coming in pregnant, wouldn't you find a room for her? If you knew your son was bringing his bride pregnant, wouldn't you find a room for them? Yet scripture says he was despised and rejected by man. But there was a thrill of hope in the midst of the chaos of that night. The writer writes, for yonder breaks. That's a poetic term for what? Yonder breaks. There's a change coming. Yonder breaks a a new and glorious morn. And on that night when Christ was born... The angels rejoice in song. Appear to a group of shepherds. The shepherds run to go to Bethlehem to to see what has taken place. And, And when they observe what's taken place, they go out and tell everybody what they were told. In the midst of the chaos, the weary world rejoices because of a hope. And yonder is breaking. There's a new and glorious morn. Can can I tell you something? A new day with Christ changes everything. A new day with Christ changes everything. And I'll tell you what. you, You may be weary. But tomorrow it could all change. A new and glorious morn. Yonder breaks. As I was thinking about the lyrics to this song, I reflected back to this summer during my summer reflections when I was off for that whole month. And I was reflecting upon the words of lamentations. And I was thinking back to 586 B.C. when Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was torn down. The walls were were destructed and And there, you you talk about a weary world as the Israelites are led into exile. And I started to recall the, the writings of Jeremiah the prophet in Lamentations. How he was so upset, so discouraged, so depressed. Thinking of the weary world. And then in Lamentations chapter 3, in amidst his complaining and bitterness, there's the thrill of hope. I remember well them. I remember them. I remember, I well remember them. I I well remember the afflictions. I I well remember the turmoil. I well remember the, the weariness. So much that my soul is downcast. 
downcast within me. He, he's talking about a weary time. And in the midst of the weary time, he says in verse 21, Yet this I call to mind. In the back of his mind, in the back of his subconscious, he, he brings something to the front. He calls to mind. And as he brings that which is in the back to the front, he says, Therefore I have hope. What was it that he called to mind that gave him hope? Because of the Lord's great love in amidst the weary world. May we never forget about the Lord's great love for us. And as we call that to mind, there's a ray of hope. Therefore I have hope. Because of his great love, we are, we are not consumed because of his compassions never fail. And, and in the midst of the ruins of Jerusalem, in the midst of his soul being downcast, he, he calls to his mind the Lord's love and compassion and his faithfulness. And there's a new day that's dawning. For yonder breaks. And he recalls how they're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I say to myself, can, can I tell you right now, if anyone ever accuses you of talking to yourself, tell them it's scriptural. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To those who seek him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now I want to look at this passage and break it down into three things. Because a new day with Christ brings a new beginning, an array of hope. A new day with Christ brings you exactly what you need. Please note, I didn't say exactly what you want. Because there's a big difference between what you need and what you want. You don't always get what you want. A new day with Christ brings a ray of hope. Because he knows exactly what you need. I say to myself, I keep saying to myself, I keep talking to myself. You know, sometimes you got to preach to yourself. You got to preach the word. And what he's preaching to himself, the prophet, is the Lord is my portion. Now, what in the world does that mean, the Lord is my portion? All I know is I had my share of portion on Thanksgiving. We had a, my son-in-law, Joe Cirillo, Joseph Cirillo, made... Lasagna. So I experienced my first Italian Thanksgiving. We went and had hors d'oeuvres. Then we waited a half hour. Then we had lasagna. Then we waited 45 minutes. Then we had our turkey and our stuff. I mean, I, you know the, the 3,000 calories I talked about last week? Yeah, I blew. I mean, it was 5,000 calories in one meal. But what is the Lord is my portion? What does he call to mind 
What does he say to himself? I believe, as most scholars will say, Jeremiah, in the midst of the ruins of destruction of Jerusalem, was calling to mind the Israelites in the wilderness when God provided for them fresh manna every day from heaven. And every day there was a portion of what they needed. And the Lord said, don't take more than you can eat, otherwise it will go bad. But trust in me. And the whole story, the the whole meaning behind that story of the Lord providing manna in heaven was that the Lord will provide your daily needs. Trust in him. He will give you the portion. He knows what you need. He will provide for you. And how did the Lord teach us how to pray? Give us this day our yearly bread. Give us this day our daily bread. The Lord is my daily portion. He knows what I need. And I really believe what Jeremiah is saying is just worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just live for today. Don't worry for tomorrow. You know why we don't have to worry for tomorrow? Because the Lord is already there. The Lord is already in your Monday. The Lord is already in this next week. You sit here in the midst of a a weary world and, and maybe you're concerned or you're worried about what's going to take place tomorrow. You don't have to worry for tomorrow because the Lord is already there. He has a portion for you. A new day with Christ brings you exactly what you need. Therefore, we don't have to worry. We don't have to be depressed in a worry war world. A new day with Christ brings you a hope to keep going. The Lord is good. Come on. The Lord is good. To those whose hope is in Him. To the ones who seek Him. I heard something interesting. Read this the other day. Do you know you can go for 40 days or more without food? You can go for 8 days or more without water. You can go four minutes without oxygen. But you can only go a few seconds without hope. We know that very well in our church office. And Bob, if you're here, you're supposed to say amen. Hope deferred, Scripture says, makes the heart sick. I'll tell you what, Thanksgiving Eve, I so appreciated the service and the sharing of the message. Pastor Bonnie did an awesome job on abundance. And Pastor Todd, man, he outdid himself because he's talked about hope. And in amidst five years ago, the the weariness of getting the report of Stephanie's cancer, 
all they could do was hang on to hope. And five years later, she's cancer-free. Praise God. Where would we be? We, we can't live seconds without hope. There's an awesome scripture verse in Hebrews chapter 10. Let us hold unswervingly. Unswervingly to the hope we profess. Why? Because he who promised is always faithful. What does Jeremiah call to mind? What does he say to himself in the midst of a weary world where Jerusalem has been destroyed? I hold on to this hope because what God has promised, He will be faithful. And if He promised to make us into a great nation, He will fulfill that promise even amidst destruction. Therefore, we need to call to mind. We need to preach to ourselves the promises that are in God's Word. And hold on, because he is faithful. Don't lose hope. Here's the problem. We let go of hope, and we start believing the lies of the devil. And we panic. I wish I had a dollar for everybody who told me, Turkeys are going to be in shortage this year. There's going to be a short supply of turkeys. You better get your turkeys ahead of time. Well, every time I went to ShopRite, there was plenty of turkeys. Panic. Do your Christmas shopping early, for the supplies are going to be limited. Black Friday night, we went to the mall to do a a quick errand. (laughs) We got in there, parked, got in there, saw the lines, and left. Stores were full and shelves were full. But we panic. We become fearful. We start to worry. We start to doubt. We start to be downcast. And we forget to hold on to the hope that the Lord is our daily portion of all we need. A new day with Christ brings the help that you're seeking. A new day with Christ brings the help you're seeking. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Listen, I know there are some who have loved ones out there. You're just longing to see them saved. Wait quietly. There may be a family member, there may be a relative, there may be a neighbor, there may be someone you work with that you've just been praying for their salvation. Just keep waiting quietly. And not only the salvation of the souls, but how many need to be saved from a difficult situation. How many are looking for deliverance, a solution to a difficult problem? Wait quietly 
Because I do know one day with the Lord can change it all. The book of Mark was written to the Romans, and they were people of action. And there's a word that keeps appearing all the time in the book of Mark. And the word is this, suddenly, 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 suddenly. Do you know there's a new day dawning and suddenly everything can be changed? Just ask Lazarus, who had been dead for four days, was sealed in a tomb. And the King James says, he stinketh. If the King James says, he stinketh, you know that he was dead. But a new day with Christ changes everything. And Christ comes on the scene and says, roll away the stone. He, we can't. He stinketh. Roll away the stone. And, and Jesus says, hey, Lazarus, buddy, come here. A new day with Christ. Suddenly, yonder breaks. There's a new and glorious morn. Just ask the woman who spent her entire savings her 401ks and her Ross on doctors to no avail because she was still hemorrhaging for 12 years. But there was a suddenly moment when she came to Jesus in amidst the crowd because A new day with Jesus can change everything. And she reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus realized that someone touched him because he felt power go from him. And this woman was healed instantly. There's a new day dawning. A ray of hope that will cause a weary world to rejoice. And about a man who didn't walk for 38 years. He was, he was born not able to walk. And they laid him by the pool of Bethesda. And his hope was someday his number would be called. His lottery ticket would cash in. He was just waiting there for the waters to be stirred and someone to come along and help him in first to the water so he would be healed. But his number was never called, but there was a new day dawning. There was a, a new and glorious morning when Jesus shows up on the scene and says, do you want to be healed? And he says, I have no one to help me into the water. And Jesus says, no, do you? Do you want to be healed? Of course I want to be healed. Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. A new day with Christ can change everything. Just wait. Just wait quietly for the Lord to do it. There's a scripture that's going to be some of yours. Some of you are, this is going to be your favorite scripture for a season that you're in. In the midst of a weary world, 
comes from Romans chapter 13. The, the hour has come to you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer then than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Come on, somebody. There are some of you in the chaos of the night, in the frustration of a circumstance where you think there is no hope. Stop believing the lies of the devil. But call to your mind. Preach to yourself. The Lord is our portion. His promises never fail. And I will hold on unswervingly to a hope. Pastor Bonnie, you can come. And I'm not going to let go until I see a resolve in this situation. Because with Christ, there could be a sudden moment where everything changes. And I believe for some, the Lord is saying, the chaos of the night is near. It's, it's ending. For yonder's breaking. Yonder is breaking. There's, there's a new and glorious morn. And there'll be a thrill of hope where you, in your weary soul, will just be rejoicing for the salvation of the Lord draweth near. Would you stand with me? Can we just sing this chorus to this famous song?
for the weariness to end. You're, you're longing for the chaos to stop. You're longing for yonder to break and for a new glorious morning to appear. Boy, maybe you need to come to this altar and fall on your knees. Fall on your knees and wait patiently for the salvation of the Lord. And I want to invite you as, as they sing it one more time. If you just want to come like some have come already. And, and you just want to fall on your knees. Or maybe you're not able to, to fall on your knees. You, you just want to sit in humility. Would you just do that? Yonder breaks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy night. Jesus. Suddenly. The stars are brightly shining. Suddenly. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Suddenly.
night is nearly over. The night is nearly over. A new day is coming. In closing, I was just, I don't know why I was thinking, but why were we about the Lord being our portion and the chaos there in Bethlehem. We think of the wise men coming to visit Mary and Joseph in a house. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The Lord knew. The Lord was already in Joseph and Mary's tomorrow because he knew of the quick escape Mary and Joseph would have to make out of Bethlehem. And there the gold, frankincense, and the myrrh would supply them for the next two years. There in Egypt. The Lord is our portion. He's already in your tomorrow. Let there be a ray of hope in this weary world we live in. Yonder is breaking, and there's going to be a new glorious morn. Hold on to that promise. With man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Hold unswervingly to the hope. I just feel like the Holy Spirit speaking to people right now. I, listen, just leave when the Spirit's done with you this morning. If you want to stay at this altar praying, if you want to come to this altar, if you want to just sit in your seat and contemplate. Jesus.